From minimum wage to six-figure incomes, high school diplomas to PhDs, this podcast is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. I'm Allie, and this is Employed. I can get so attached to a design. You know, then I put the drawing on the client and we tattoo it, and then it's, it's finally there. I see it finished, and then I have to say goodbye. And I might never see it again. I just have the photo. So there's a, a really interesting thing that happens there with having to let go of all your hard work and just see it walk out the door. <laughs> Karen, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing with everyone a little bit about your profession. So can you introduce yourself? My name is Karen Glass and I am a tattoo artist. I own a private studio in Brooklyn, New York. Karen, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I have no experiences in the tattoo world, and so I can't wait to learn more about this industry. So what led you to become a tattoo artist? I was the kid who was um, doing Sharpie tattoos on all my friends during lunch in junior high school. So it makes sense to me that I ended up tattooing, but I was always interested in the arts and I kind of went more towards performing arts for a long time. I was doing theater and playing in bands. And when I moved to New York, I was working for a theater company that involved a lot of drummers and I became friends with them. One of them owned a tattoo shop and we played some music together and he was tattooing me. We were friends and I loved the experience so much that when my tattoo was done, which it took like multiple sessions, I was so sad when it was done because I had loved the experience so much. And that made me start asking more and more questions. And then in 2008, I got laid off from my theater gig during the recession. And I went straight to my friend and asked him if he needed help at his shop, which he said he did, but couldn't really afford to pay me much. So he was like, how about you work for me and I will teach you to tattoo. And so I had an apprenticeship with him. And what are the requirements to become a tattoo artist? Do you have to get licensed in anything or do you have to have a certificate? So in order to tattoo in the state of New York, you need a tattoo license. And the license is really just a course and a test that you take in infectious disease control. So it's about cleanliness. It's about learning about cross-contamination and making sure that your space is safe for people to be in so that you're not spreading dangerous things like hep C or HIV around your studio. There are like no tests whatsoever for quality control. So there's, there's no time where you have to go in with your tattoo machine and show that you can make clean lines with it. Um, But it does vary state to state. Every state has different regulations. Uh, Like in Oregon, for example, you do have to go to a tattoo school to get your license and uh, it's more extensive in different places. But in New York, they're really just very focused on the the cleanliness aspect, which is incredibly important. Okay, so you mentioned an apprenticeship. Can you share with everyone what that experience was like? And is that the common route for everyone? I had an apprenticeship that was about three years long. And mine was better than some of the stories that I've heard before. So because tattooing is such a kind of male dominated field, it was typically guys and there was a lot of hazing. So I've heard lots of stories about, about apprentices having to scrub the toilet with a toothbrush. And luckily I never had to go through anything like that. 
I was, I was friends with the owner. We had known each other for about eight years before I started my apprenticeship. So there, we had a lot of mutual respect. So luckily there was no hazing. And my apprenticeship involved tons of drawing from my end. And I had to um, manage the tattoo shop, which was very cool. I learned so much about how to run a small business. But on the technical side, I was learning this trade. So the first thing that I had to do was learn all of the parts of the tattoo machine. And then we got all of the parts and I had to build my own tattoo machine. And there's one particular alignment thing that has to happen at the very end of building the machine that's very tricky. And I finally got it and I showed my mentor. I said, I did it. And he, he ran it and he said, this is great. He said, now take it apart and do it again. And I was like, oh no, don't make me do it again. But I did, and that, that really helped me understand the machine and be able to tackle technical problems when the machine wasn't working the way I wanted it to. And um, once I, once I had made, built the machine, then I was allowed to start tattooing grapefruits. And I tattooed those little flat pink erasers with a really fine line and would do my name in cursive. And that was a really great way to get control with the machine. And after a, a while of doing that, I was allowed to start tattooing people and I had to tattoo myself first. And that was very interesting because first I tattooed myself just with water and it was, it was disturbing to do that because I felt like I was just cutting myself. But after doing it, I realized how much I was learning because when you're just using water, you're able to really see what happens to the skin you're able to see exactly how deep you're going and how the tattoo heals. So I had a little pink heart right above my knee that it was pink because it was a scar and it, it disappeared somewhere between six months and a year. And I found that so fascinating to know that just, just the trauma of going into the skin with a tattoo machine was going to change the tone of the skin for six months to a year. So that's why tattoos can take that long to really settle. So it was, it was a really cool way of getting information. And then two days later, I did my first tattoo with ink, which was also on myself. And it's a little uh, cherry blossom on my leg. And I wanted to tattoo it with red or pink ink. But my mentor said, no, it has to be blue or purple. And I was like stubbornly, why can't I do red or pink? I don't want blue or purple. And he explained that, for a first tattoo with red or pink ink, it was going to be hard for me to decipher what was the ink and what was the blood. You know, he wanted to set me up for like getting them as much out of this first tattoo experience as I could so that I could really see what was happening. And so now I have a, a blue cherry blossom on my leg. And after that, he said, okay, now you're a tattooer. And I had to find my own volunteers for six months. I did about one tattoo a week, sometimes two, which was a, definitely a slow progression, but I did that for six months or so. And those were all free tattoos. And then I did about another six months of $50 tattoos and I gave 50% of that to the shop. So there was a good year where I wasn't really making any money off of tattooing. So it's important to have some kind of cushion or second job during this time while you're learning. And then my second year was, I did start taking more people and charging a little bit more, but I was still an apprentice and 
doing lower apprentice rates before I was able to start taking just walk-ins and kind of charging the shop minimum and things like that. I feel like I had a great apprenticeship compared to a lot of stories that I've heard, but they're like my apprenticeship just happened to be my apprenticeship. There, there's no guidebook. There's so many different ways to learn. And I know a lot of great tattooers who didn't have a mentor and I don't understand how they learned how to do it without messing people up because it's not an intuitive thing. And I, I recommend having a mentor and taking the time to understand the machines and learn the, learn the craft properly. But I don't think that there's one right way to do it at all. I think that it's, it's one of those careers that happens in multiple different ways. What are the demographics of this industry as far as gender goes? Is there a lot of changes happening? Is there a trend that you're seeing? So it's a very white male demographic. In modern American history, it was treated like a secret society where this information is protected. And if you're invited into this society, you keep the information protected. And I have seen that really shift. And I don't think it was possible to maintain it with the way that social media has has shifted, but because now you can learn how to tattoo by watching YouTube videos and you can buy a tattoo machine on Amazon, which I, I don't recommend. But um, about 10 years ago, more and more women started coming into tattooing. When I started my apprenticeship, it was probably like 13 years ago, maybe 14 years ago, there weren't very many women tattooing and it was I was discouraged by some men in the field saying things to me like don't don't do this it's too hard for women or you know the only people who are going to want to get a tattoo from you are creepy dudes that want you to touch them and I was not deterred by any of that at all because I knew that that was really just coming from them trying to protect the information and I had played in many bands for a long time before tattooing and it's very similar there. So I was, I, I didn't let that stop me. But a, a couple years later, we started seeing more and more women coming into tattooing and the whole dynamic really shifted in terms of being there for one another and supporting one another. And now women are, are an amazing force in the tattoo industry. And, um, in the past couple of years, we've been seeing more and more people of color tattooing and more trans people tattooing. So that's very exciting as well. Okay. So obviously when we talk about salary, it varies widely um, on your location in the United States and what type of shop you're in. But what can people typically expect as far as salary goes in this industry? And do you feel like it's a profession where someone could support their family entirely on this, on their salary alone? You can make a lot of money as a tattooer. Uh, the Where you live is a huge factor. In middle America, you can't charge the same as you can in New York City. So in New York, uh, a very a well-established artist might charge anywhere between $200 and $400 an hour for large-scale tattoos, yet there are shops that still do $50 tattoos for a little thing. I, I always say with tattoos, good tattoos aren't cheap, and cheap tattoos aren't good. So 
you get what you pay for. And, and um, you can make, you can make decent money though. There are two different kind of like main routes to go as a tattoo artist. Um, once, once you're established, I think, I think it's really great to work in a shop when you're learning because you, you watch and you get so much great information from the other artists you're working with, but you do give a percentage of every tattoo to the shop, similar to someone who works in a hair salon, any kind of stylist or something like that. You, you could give between 30 and 50% of every tattoo you do to the shop. And in exchange, the shop provides a lot of things for you, uh, materials that you need to do the tattoo and also clients. So if the shop is has a great reputation, you can really build your clientele by working at a shop, and especially if they take walk-ins, it's a great way to build your clientele. Now, once you have that clientele, you can either stay at the shop and, and maybe negotiate with the owner for a better percentage, or you can break off and do a private studio. And it really depends on how you prefer to work. If you wanna work at a shop and have them handle your schedule for you and all their you know, ordering inventory and supplies and providing clientele, a lot of people are more comfortable with that. Whereas alternatively, if you get a private studio, you're the one paying the rent, you're the one on top of your inventory, ordering everything, and you get to keep 100% of what you make, but a big chunk of it goes towards all those expenses. So, it, But in order to be successful with a private studio, you have to have a very strong clientele. And one way that the industry has really shifted is that with social media, you can you can build a clientele just through your Instagram. So a lot of a lot of people have um, a strong following on Instagram and are able to move into a private studio space much sooner than they would have before social media existed because they can kind of be churning out the visuals and and building a fan base that way. So I have seen many male tattooers supporting their family just with tattooing. Um, you do have to keep in mind though, that especially if you're doing custom work, meaning you draw every tattoo and you're not copying things off the wall that you're putting many hours in outside of your tattooing time to draw these tattoos and design them and perfect the drawing and so that you can print it as a stencil, that that's, that's many hours of unpaid work. So that um, can affect how you look at your hourly rate because it's not actually being paid for all the hours that you're working. It's, it's um, including all those extra hours. So, um, but if you're working, if you're, if you're at a low level street shop and, and working, you have to work really hard to make good money in that kind of environment. But if you're someone who's really driven and you're passionate about the artwork and you're kind of trying to constantly elevate your, your aesthetic, you can make very good money as a tattooer. And you just have to be careful of burning out because it's easy to just do it all the time. And it can be rough on the body. So your hands, your hands can hurt your, you can get tendinitis in your forearms and it's rough on your back. So you have to also balance out taking care of yourself in this industry for sure. And what about hours? What are your typical work hours or it, can your work schedule be pretty flexible or is it challenging to balance demands of work life and family life? Yeah, it can. It really can. Um, I'm, I set my own hours. I like to work early in the day, and, which is pretty uncommon for tattooing. But I, I imagine other 
other mothers in tattooing might align with me on that. But um, yeah, most, it, it, it depends because if you work for a shop, you will have to work the hours that the shop is open, which are typically like 12 to eight or one to nine. And then it's usually expected that you would do at least one weekend day. Whereas if you have a private studio, you can set your work however you like. Um, most tattooers do have to work one weekend day because so many people can't come during the week to get a tattoo. But, but hours wise and the amount of days you work, you can at a certain point. So once you have kind of established yourself and, and made a name for yourself as a legitimate tattooer in the community, then you have more pull in terms of going to a shop and say, hey, like, I'd like to work, I'd like to work for you, but I, I, I am only available to tattoo four days a week. And a shop owner may say, great, that's exactly what we need. Or no, I don't take artists unless they work full time. Sometimes it depends on the status of the shop itself. If it's a really top tier shop, they might be very strict about all our artists have to work five days a week and you have to let us know in advance if you plan on traveling. And, um, whereas other shops, it's not as common to have a lot of freedom in a shop. And I think that's been part of why we've seen such a huge shift for a lot of tattooers moving to a private studio format because they don't necessarily need to rely on the shop as much anymore. If they have a strong Instagram, for example, and have a lot of followers, they can kind of build their own clientele and they don't need the shop. So they're in a position to make their own hours. Yeah. So can you share with everyone what the process is of getting a tattoo or what that interaction is like between you and a client, as well as what an average day looks like? Oh, sure. So First, I'll just start with the process and then I'll tell what the day would be like. So if someone wants a tattoo from me and they, they, they send me an email with their tattoo idea and I usually do like every two months, I'll open my calendar and, and it takes submissions and I'll go through and take what I feel like is a right fit for me. So if you send me an email saying you want to get a tattoo of poppies and a lemon, let's say. And I would ask you to tell me, you know, if, tell me your idea, your design, which you would say poppies and a lemon. And, and I'd say how big in inches you might say like, I want it you know, six inches by, by four inches. And I'd like it on my forearm. And, and then you might send me a couple of photos of reference if you want for me to look at, to get an idea of what you like. And then we would, we would chat a little on email about any specifics, but then we would set a date for an appointment and I take a deposit and the deposit comes out of the final price of the tattoo, but it kind of confirms that you're definitely going to go through with this and that I should put time into making this drawing for you. And then, so then um, the day of the appointment, you would show up and come to my studio and that's the first time you would see the drawing. So you'd show up at the studio and I'll show you the drawing and I'd say, this is what I have in mind for you. And, I, and then I would ask my client, I would say, is, you know, is there anything that you'd like me to change or, or rework for you? And if there is, I would do it right there with this. So I like to, if there are any changes that need to be made to do them in person, because I find it so much more 
effective to communicate in person than to try to talk about changing artwork over email because a lot can get lost in translation that way. So I would, if, if any changes needed to be made, we would talk about it. I would just draw it right in front of you and we would work it out together. And once we're both 100% happy, then, um, then we would do the tattoo. And the process of that kind of looks like, you know, first you have to fill out a release form and, and um, you know, in COVID times, things are different because we, we are masked. I ask everybody to go wash their hands. We take people's temperatures, things like that. And then, um, but I would already have been at work for probably about a half an hour before my client showed up just to set things up, to set up my station and, um, once we have the drawing ready, I make a stencil and the stencil, and then we place the stencil on the skin. First, I clean the skin, shave it, wipe it with alcohol, put the stencil on. You get to look in the mirror and make sure you like where the placement is. Stencil is easily removed. So if you want to move it up an inch or over, we do that. We take, we do that as many times as we need to make the client happy. And then once that's good, I pour the ink and we start tattooing. I like to chat while I tattoo. I feel like one of my favorite things about tattooing is the human connection element because you're in a, an intimate setting. You're not on your phone. There's a lot of trust involved. And in those moments, I feel like people are so genuine and really willing to, to open up. And it's a, such a cool way to get to know someone to talk during a tattoo. So we chat and chat throughout the tattoo. And I always check in with people. You do the outline and say, you know, do you need a break? Or, you know, do you want some water? Do you want to check it in the mirror? Can we keep going? And then we do what we call the, the, um, the shading, like the black, black or gray. And then we do color after that. And if, if um, assuming it's a tattoo that we can get done in one session, we just kind of take breaks as needed, but I always tell people only short break breaks because you kind of want to, you don't want to get too comfortable getting tattooed is it doesn't, you know, it, it hurts. So if you take too long of a break, you start to feel good again. It makes it harder to go back and finish. So, so we'll do short little breaks when needed. And then, and then um, just try to get through the whole thing. And everybody's different. Everybody's pain tolerance is different. Some people really need to break tattoos up into two different sessions. So that's always an option for people and always should be if they need to. And, um, and then when the tattoo is done, I have the client check it out in the mirror and then we do photos and, and then I wrap them up and we talk about aftercare and then I send them on their way. And it's really interesting because I can get so attached to a design and then, you know, then I put the drawing on the client and we tattoo it and then it's, it's finally there. I see it finished and then I have to say goodbye and I might never see it again. I just have the photo. So there's a, a really interesting thing that happens there with having to let go of all your hard work and just see it walk out the door. <laughs> so tattooing is really cool too, because it's this, it kind of occupies this unique space where it's both a trade and an art form. And so you have to be, you have to be good at both of them. And at the same time, you also have to, to be good with, um, service industry part of it and making your client feel comfortable and happy and and working with them and and um all of those it's like this magical combination of skills that when it all comes together perfectly it, it feels pretty magical i know i just used that word but it does feel magical you know i've never connected the tattoo industry to the service industry 
Um, but you're so right. You, you really are combining art and creativity with, with empathy and human connections. You know, someone is letting you into their world yes. um, of, of why they've chosen this specific tattoo or this art. Um, and you are letting them into your world as you pour time and dedication into creating this art for this specific person. And so I've, I've never connected that. Um, do you feel like there's other skills or characteristics or qualities that one should possess if they would want to become a tattoo artist? That's a really cool question. And it's, it's, it's hard to answer, but I do think there are some things that, that really serve certain tattooers better over others. And there, there are some common things. I do think that there still is this like real counterculture element to tattooing and that it, it still attracts um, a certain social misfits and people who didn't find a place to fit in other, otherwise. Um, still attracts a lot of people who are into punk music or art like super talented artist kids who had social uh, were like you know so a little socially challenged for whatever reason found a safe space in tattooing because it is as, as problematic as the history can be it is also a beautiful community of accepting anyone who's different and in, in the best of worlds I should say it is it is that and so Within that, I noticed that the people who, I'd say generally speaking, you gotta be okay with blood, you know? <laughs> so that's a factor. You have to have a confidence even because, because there's really this, this trust element that happens where you need to make your client feel safe and secure and they have to kind of surrender or submit to you slightly. And I, I, I don't love the word submission, but there is a surrender that happens in like, okay, I've asked you to do this thing. I'm going to let you poke holes in my body and I, I hope it's going to look good. <laughs> so um, a confidence that kind of puts people at ease is, is pretty important. So um, I'd say people who are timid in that way might not thrive as tattoo artists. But yeah, certainly certainly creative, creative people, people who are good at, le at least pretending to be confident and yeah, people who are not woozy around blood. <laughs> what do good or bad days look like in this field? Or what are certain challenges that you might frequently face? Mm. Like I mentioned before, one of my favorite things and like hidden secrets about tattooing is the human connection element. So for me, if somebody comes in and they, they see the drawing, they love the drawing, we nail the placement right away and we get started tattooing. I mean, I don't, it doesn't make it a bad day if it takes a little while to place a tattoo, but um, it can make it a bad day or a very hard day if, if the client wants too much control because some, some people really have a hard time relinquishing control. And in order to get a tattoo that is done well, you kind of have to do that. Because if you try to micromanage your tattoo artist, it's gonna kind of put them in a position where they're not feeling safe to do their best work, if that makes sense. And, and, um, and like I mentioned before, there's this kind of social misfit 
element to a lot of tattoo artists where if they feel like they're being told what to do too much, they're not going to be so happy. So, so a good day, I would say, is when the client and the artist really mesh, like the client loves the artist's work to begin with. So there's already this excitement about getting the tattoo. And the artist picks up on that and feels like, oh, man, this is a person. I always think it's great to tattoo somebody that you'd love to like have a beer with afterwards. You know, just somebody that you're really connecting to, you're talking to, you you just have an easy flow of conversation and the tattoo just comes out in a way that both people are so happy. It feels amazing when that happens. I think I've had clients who I've tattooed multiple times who had a hard time letting go and, and trusting and, and then they kind of over scrutinize their tattoo. And over time I've seen them loosen up and then get happier with their tattoos and say, I wish I would have let you do it the way you recommended the first time because I would be happier with the tattoo. So that, that can be a struggle. Another thing that can be really hard, but I think is important is, is sometimes, you know, when people get memorial tattoos, there's a lot of heavy emotion around that. And to be able to kind of be there and be present for your client and help them through that and give them this gift of grieving process, uh, within a tattoo session can be really profound and powerful, but you have to also learn how to protect yourself in that and not go home and be like, why do I feel horrible? And realize, oh my gosh, you've like taken on this other person's energy from being so intimate and hearing the story and kind of you, you, you can, especially if you're at all an empathetic person, you'll take on the, the, um, the sadness and, and bring it home with you. And that can be very challenging. Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, as when people choose to get a tattoo and the process of trying to think of something and design something that has that significant amount of mm -hmm. meaning to put something permanently on our body and just you getting to be a part of that very intimate moment and, and sitting with mm -hmm. them for hours on end of getting to hear their story and why they picked yes. this and yep and getting to know them way below surface level that that has to be such a powerful experience it is it's powerful it can be it can be seen almost like energy work in some ways i think a lot of tattooers feel that that there there can be so much healing there can be so much connection you know i've met some people through tattooing them that like I consider them to be good friends now because we had such an opportunity to connect where in any other encounter, we wouldn't have had that, you know? And the challenges vary depending on your setting. So for example, like if you're working in a shop or sharing a studio with other people, if your coworker is in a really bad mood, that can ruin your day. So it just, and that, that I'm sure that can be true for a lot of professions, but because the tattoo situation is so intimate and, and in a shop, in my experience, when I worked in shops was like, there's this cool, like drawing school feeling, which is usually really, really great for, for progressing as an artist where you, everybody shows one another the drawings that they're going to do that day. And people comment on them and say, hey, you know, the hand on this drawing looks a little off. You need to move that pinky finger or you need to redraw this or and and kind of like making you step it up. And if if somebody's in a really rotten mood and somebody comes in and makes a comment, then you get snapped at. It can kind of 
start your day off in a, a really tough way because it is there's so much trust and vulnerability in sharing your art in the first place. So doing it in a in an environment where somebody's in a bad mood can be really tough. So that's one thing. Um, and then in terms of of things that can go wrong, um, some yeah sometimes there there are trends where. Um, like some kind of an image will get really popular on Instagram or Pinterest and a lot of people will want a similar tattoo and navigating that with clients can be really tricky because there's this code of ethics among tattooers that you don't tattoo somebody else's design it's like a plagiarism issue so if if I did a tattoo of of like a heart with a flower and for whatever reason that particular tattoo got really popular and went viral and all these people wanted that specific heart with flower some tattooers would just copy it to make the money but but most tattooers with integrity would say I can't I can't give you this design because somebody else drew this but I can draw something inspired by it for you but I have to make some changes and that becomes really tricky because people will get married to the idea of having this image that they fell in love with online, but not really be able to conceptualize the, conceptualize the ramifications of stealing somebody else's work. Can you share with everyone a positive moment in your career or a memory that stands out to you? So the first thing that popped into my head was this amazing experience I got to have where I, I donated a day of tattooing to um, it was it was an organization called um, Pink, but it's it's spelled P like capital P I N K, and it's for uh, breast cancer survivors. And I got to tattoo a woman. We did a full day session. She and there was no money involved whatsoever. I volunteered, and she needed the tattoo. She had had a double mastectomy and was not able to have reconstruction done. And so she just had a huge scar across her chest and felt like she was really unhappy with herself every day when she would look in the mirror. And, and um, I, it, it, was a, it was a day where I think, I, I believe it was nine different women who were survivors of breast cancer were selected to get a free tattoo that day. And I got to be one of the artists who participated. And I, was just blown away by the experience. The, the woman that I met was so wonderful. And I feel like I'm forever connected to her from this experience. Hearing her story was so powerful. And her daughter was there and held her hand the whole time. Her daughter was so sweet and their relationship was so beautiful. And we tattooed um, kind of like, it looked like lotus flowers coming out of the water across her scar. And we completely buried the scar and and the way that that event was set up by the organization that ran it was that we would we would show the the client the drawing and the stencil but then they weren't allowed to look at it at all until it was completely done because they wanted to get like footage of the reveal and and that's not something i've ever done in my studio so i'm always telling people take a peek see how you like it let me know what you think and and in this setting it was it, it was intense because it was a long session it was probably probably five hours maybe a little more and this woman was so tough and so excited to get the tattoo and so um 
she was so grateful to be alive, honestly, after everything she'd been through. And that was a really powerful energy to get to experience and really kind of almost like shifted my perspective on my life and my um, ability to have gratitude for all the things that, that I have. I felt like I was going into this volunteering and giving someone a gift, but I got such a huge gift out of doing it. And when she saw her tattoo, she, she was so happy. She started crying and then I started crying and we've kept in touch and she sends me pictures and she says, I walk around topless all the time. I love my body. Now I'm so proud to wear this tattoo. It has changed my life. So for me, there is an ability to, to, to help someone heal or see themselves differently or reclaim their bodies through tattooing. That is really beautiful. Thank you so much for, for sharing that moment. And that really does go back to what we were talking about of combining um, connection with, with art. And, and as a tattoo artist, it's, it can't just be about having the, the skill of being an artist it's it's also connecting with others mm-hmm. and being there for them as they um share with you these significant events or people in their lives that yeah. that they want to remember and entrusting you to um to portray it in the way that they want it to to be seen yes and and that's one of those things in tattooing that it it can't be taught, you know, I think people can try, but if you're someone who, who can really um, be present and connect with your client, you're going to have a much more beautiful experience with the career. Do you feel like there are other related careers out there that someone could look into if being a tattoo artist sparks their interest? That's an interesting question because I feel like, like I mentioned before, there's this this divide within the the tattooing uh, practice that's like the, the trade side and the artist side. So like on the artist side, I think any kind of any kind of like illustration work goes really well with tattooing. like if if you can get work as an illustrator for for books or or editorial stuff, that's um, I think there's a lot of overlap there because you're drawing for you know custom, custom work for design and then on the trade side there's so many there's so many trades that can kind of can overlap with tattooing a little bit like I, th- I think that there there are similarities in like like working with leather or jewelry working or um or um engraving or um, sign painting, which is kind of a dying art, which I wish more people would do. Sign painting is really cool and definitely worth looking into if you're considering tattooing because it's a great overlap. Calligraphy as well. I think there's, um, I just took a, 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 an online workshop with a great tattooer who's also a calligraphy artist. And she, she, um, was just like teaching tattooers some extra like techniques about drawing script and so she works in both so I'd say those are some careers that come to mind so what's next for you where are you hoping to be by the end of your career it's such a great question 
And I like to think that I'm gonna keep that kind of open because I wanna see what happens naturally. But tattooing, tattooing is quite hard on the body. So I don't know how long into my life I'll be able to do it. Um, it can be rough on your back and your hands, your arms and your eyes, especially. Um, so I like the idea of going more towards um, illustrative work. And I hope to um, start doing a couple side projects in that field and see if I can kind of um, get a, a fire started there so that as I, as I age, I can transition into something that still feels very creative, but without the, the, um, the physical strains. I would love to tattoo as long as possible. I love it, but it's one really interesting thing about tattooing is that it, it can never be commodified. I can never give you a tattoo and then you go sell it in 10 years for a million dollars. You know, I can only do so many tattoos in a week or in a month or in a year. And if, if I suddenly had 5 million followers and everybody wanted a tattoo, there's no way I could do that. So like what, what kind of work could I do that would appeal to the masses more? I don't know. I'm really interested in like interior design and, and um, combining illustration with that. So like designing like shower curtains and pillows and things like that. I like the idea of coming up with like a, a concept for a living room or a bathroom or a bedroom that all has like uh, a floral theme. That, that goes together. So those, those are some things I think about, but I, I remain open to see where this all takes me. And finally, what advice would you have for women or for anyone who is interested in becoming a tattoo artist? I would say find a, a female mentor or um, a mentor who you feel very comfortable and safe around where you have can have open communication about what you're agreement is and um, work hard, learn as many things as you can. I would say it, it, it is very trendy right now in tattooing to get good at one thing and just stick with that and kind of find your brand and do that. But I would suggest to anyone looking to tattoo to have a mentor and learn as many styles as possible early on so that as trends change you can keep doing your career without feeling like you have to relearn everything or that you're stuck in like painted yourself in the corner but I, I always really emphasize balance and and a healthy environment and and it's never worth working for somebody who doesn't treat you well to learn a, a trade so I'd say if you can find a mentor, find one, but YouTube is better than, a, than an abusive mentor. <laughs> a huge thank you to Karen for donating her time to the show and to Alex for connecting us. Find Karen's work on Instagram at Karen Glass Tattoo and at Flower House Tattoo. Visit her website, KarenGlassTattoo.com and visit her Facebook page forward slash Karen Glass Tattoo or forward slash Flower House Tattoo. These links will be provided in the episode notes as well. Remember to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts to let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Thanks for listening.